Thank you for checking in with Ref the Districts After the Whistle and our four-part series, No Voice Goes Unheard. So when we started this podcast, we created the tagline, We Hold DC Sports Accountable. That means not only the product on the field, but the front office management off it as well. And Trev, the dichotomy of rooting for the team we've loved for so long, but ignoring the chaos in the front office, certainly not lost on any of us. Certainly not lost on any of us. Um, I mean, sure, we love to sit every Sunday in our living rooms or in the stands at FedEx Field and live and die with every Taylor Heineke drop back and every Terry McLaurin insane catch and every uh, question about who's going to be the kicker this week. Um, But uh, transitioning to off the field stuff, you look around the stadium and you see it's half filled with Washington football fans, but then overtaken by the opposing team fans screaming and cheering. And you have to wonder yourself, is it the front office and the management being held accountable for this in the stadium? Yeah. And so there's a growing intolerance of this front office, especially with everything that's come to light in just the last year and a half. So before we get to episode one, let's go through the timeline to make sure everybody's up to date. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're starting in July of 2020 when the Washington Post released a report involving 15 women allegedly being endured to sexual harassment, verbal abuse, and other mistreatings and disrespect in the workplace. Um, one particular woman, Emily Applegate, was one of the, was the very first woman to put her name on these reports when they were publicized. And we're going to hear plenty from Emily, uh, plenty more from Emily throughout the series. Mm-hmm. But um, so then after that, the Washington football team then hired a law firm uh, being led by Beth Wilkinson to lead an investigation on these claims. And before the investigation had concluded, team owner Dan Snyder was granted um, ownership over the remaining minority shares of the organization, giving him 100% full ownership of the entire organization. Yeah, which is a little bit eye-opening. Yeah, for Um, sure. But this past July, then, the NFL ruled after a year-long investigation that recently named co-CEO Tanya Snyder would take over day-to-day operations from Dan, and then Dan would focus on the new stadium and other matters related to the team. And they were fined $10 million, the team was. Mm -hmm. However, there was no written report delivered to the NFL. And then this past October, when asked about it at the uh, owners' meetings, Commissioner Roger Goodell stated, well, Dan Snyder has been held accountable. Yeah, well, everyone also has an opinion. So... um... Here at Ref the District, we interviewed four of those women that were named in the investigation. Emily Applegate, Ana Nunez, Rachel Ingleson, and Megan Embert. And during this four-part series, we're going to hear and learn about their experiences and their stories pertaining to the toxic environment of the Washington football team, which leads to episode one, titled Toxic Environment, No Voice Goes Unheard. The culture was extremely toxic and unprofessional across the board. I think it was day two, day three, that I was already being kind of harassed by my immediate supervisor, which would be the CMO, Mitch Gershman. At pretty much every single site that you would go to, there was kind of pervasive sexual harassment. It was not 
limited to one facility. It was anywhere and everywhere. Having comments made about what you were wearing, what you look like. He would take pictures of me and I wouldn't know. It was not uncommon every day for someone, multiple people to make comments about your body, the clothes you were wearing, the outfits, um, what they would want to do to your body. It progressed over time. It was a daily thing. And there would always be comments on how you dressed. I specifically had executives comment on how I looked and walked. And when I wore heels, um, I would just get comments on my outfits all the time. He would make comments about my body. Very side comments, but like very continuously, right? So it wasn't just like a one-off situation. Um, you know, people were known for making these comments. Just kind of saying things about certain body parts, it becomes inappropriate. And when you're asking me to wear certain things, like you have to be in high heels because that's how I like you. That's how I like to look at your body. It was also a culture that was very pervasive in demeaning people when it came to either insulting their intelligence. And he would scream at me and he would drop F-bombs and tell me how stupid I was in front of Bruce Allen and Larry Michael and other executives. They were really the ones that should have been in positions to protect us, especially when I say us, the young women, especially those that were interns like myself, 19, 20, 21 years old. And instead, they were the ones that were actually cultivating this culture. And there wasn't a lot that I could do in public um, when this would happen, just because you know, what, what are you going to say to Larry Michael, who is the face and the voice of the fan um, in front of your own clients? So there would become times where I actually, my job was hindered because I would do everything that I could to avoid him at all costs. I absolutely think even with the videos that there should be, you know, potentially criminal charges here. This is illegal. These women didn't know that they were being videotaped for these purposes um, when they didn't think the cameras would still be rolling. Nothing was addressed or done in terms of punishment. So, you know, why even say anything? And then there's also the aspect of being afraid of retaliation. We have had fear of retaliation. I know there's a number of folks that have encountered, you know, private investigators, intimidation tactics. Hmm. Um, it, it is unnerving, especially given that there's issues like this and in various workplaces. The kicker to me is that Larry Michael, my boss, was rewarded with retirement in July of 2020. He wasn't fired by Dan Snyder. So in my mind, they're protecting each other, or at least, you know, for public's eyes, Larry was fired. It was just a very unprofessional environment, one that really took a, took a toll on some of our self-esteem and our self-worth. You obviously had a lot of opportunities or interactions with Dan Snyder specifically. What were those interactions with Dan like? Well, I would actually say the opposite myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless you were in Dan's inner circle, you were not having interactions with him or if you were in the executive office. We were always told, like, don't look him in the eye. Don't talk to him. If you do, you need to address him as Mr. Snyder. The vibe was that he was very socially awkward. You know, he eye contact just was very it was not a thing. He would walk by my desk. And as a just friendly person, you know, good morning. Oh, hi. How are you? Mm -hmm. And not only was I not getting even a hello or a, I didn't even get looked at. He walked by us all as if we didn't exist. And these are people that are putting in 80 hours a week to make sure that your organization is run efficiently. 
pretty much the first week, you know, you're told don't look Dan Snyder in the eye. If he's coming towards you, walk the other way, never call him Dan. So it already instilled this kind of notion of sort of walking on eggshells and making sure you're constantly aware of your surroundings. The kind of culture in Washington was to avoid Dan. Um, don't look him in the eye, call him Mr. Snyder. If he's in the building, there's specific entrances to avoid so that you don't cross paths with him. Leadership really stems from the top. The folks that Dan Snyder had around him um, really emulate you know, his values and what this culture ended up uh, being over the past 20 plus years. It happened to so many women and men for so long by the same perpetrators. Like that in itself is just kind of disgusting and, and should be a shock in, in itself.